All right, I want to welcome all our campuses or a number of our campuses in this morning. We've got Rotorua, we've got the city, Whangarei, and also Kai Tai. So good to have you with us today. Just want to share a few things with you before we come to the Word of God so we know what's taking place around the place because we're all in this together. So the first thing is on Friday night here at the West Campus, there was a, um, our youth hosted a, what they called a combined churches, a revival prayer movement. And uh, it was just, I came along for a part of it for maybe an hour or so. And it was just so inspiring to see young people crying out to God for revival. Now, I've been on this road a few years now, and I can't recall that in the last few decades at least of young people beginning to be stirred by God to cry out for revival. I was actually asked to speak on Wednesday down in Christchurch to the 24-7 school youth workers. And... Uh, the reason I actually accepted the invitation is they said, we want you to preach on prayer and fasting. I mean, like, what? Like, I was shocked. You know, you'd think you'd want to be, they would want you to preach on loneliness or victory or breakthrough. No, they wanted a message on prayer and fasting, and the response was amazing. And, you know, the young people are asking, how can we get our churches into prayer and fasting? Like, what's going on here? Like, I was like... I thought, wow, this is extraordinary. So I'm praying now that God is going to raise up a, a praying revival youth generation. Wouldn't that be amazing? Come on, Kaitaia, Whangarei, City, Rotorua. Let's get into this and see if we can't get another generation. Hey, but all of us want to be a part of that praying revival generation. But isn't it exciting to see? Hey, and the other thing I just want to mention too is that Thanks across all campuses. Thanks to your serving. Thanks to your attending Church Unlimited. Thanks to your loving people for your prayers, for your giving. Uh, because of that, uh, Pastor Steve and I were able to go to the United Kingdom to promote United Kingdom Beyond, and we had what you could only call an extraordinary time. It's probably one of the, some ways, one of the best trips. Uh, we've managed to go on thanks to each one of you and, you know, what you, you know, the part that you play in Church Unlimited. And uh, God had spoke to me before I went and said, I've sent my angel ahead of you to bring you to the place that I have prepared. And honestly, wherever we went, it was like an angel had gone ahead of us. The favor that we had was exceptional. And, uh, you know, one of the things I felt to ask God to pray was for invitations. I don't normally ever pray that going on these overseas trips, but I thought something stirred in my heart to do that. And we had a number of invitations given by people to speak in churches and large churches of, you know, in the UK, a church of a thousand plus is huge. And a number of large churches have invited us to go up there and to speak and to preach and all the rest of it. So it was really extraordinary what God did up there. And, you know, some of them don't even know who I am or know very little about me, but something obviously stirred in their hearts to, to want to connect moving forward. So I just want to ask you that if you would now pray that those, um, that, that great trip would turn into 800 registrations for UK and beyond. So I've got some, I hope, I don't know if you're going to have to have your lights out up in the campuses there, but we've got some uh, photos we want to show you. So let's go back to the beginning. 
Can we go back to the start there, so right to the beginning, to the youth one? Yeah, there we are. That's a, there we are. That's a youth uh, revival night. Isn't that amazing? It was just, is that on it? What is that one? 24-7. Oh, that's Christchurch. Did I send you that one? All right, that was cool. All right, it's 24-7. All right, I didn't know what I'd sent. Look, I've just got back from the UK, so forgive me. What's the next one? Yeah, that's, uh, I have no idea where that is. I think that is, that's Gas Street, is it? There we are, that's Gas Street. All right, there we are, Gas there, that's Tim Hughes. That's the famous Tim Hughes that wrote all these songs. He's, uh, you know, he's made a lot of money out of that, and uh, he's running a great church now. He's the most well-known celebrity, probably in the UK among Christian circles, and uh, he loved our service, and he said, until next time. So here we go. Next, what do we got next? Just keep going. That's uh, one of the pastors' gatherings. In, uh, so these are all pa- Elam pastors that we spoke to these regional meetings. Next one. Uh, that's me in Birmingham, just uh, in front of the, uh, for those of you who've been there, the bull ring is just behind there, okay? Next one. This, myself, and I don't know who that good-looking guy there is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, all right. That's down, in the, down by the bull ring as well. That is Birmingham City Church. All right, so it's, uh, you know, it's all the lights are out, so this is just my camera, my uh, phone that could do that. Anything else, or is that it? Yeah, Church Unlimited, that's who we are. All right, <laughs> that's what we are doing. Okay, all right, would you stand with me, please, as we come to the Word of God this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence here in this place. We thank you for all that you are doing through Church Unlimited in such an amazing way, Father, across this nation and now across the globe. Holy Spirit, as we come to your word this morning and Lord, the message that you've laid upon my heart, I believe a prophetic word that is, Lord, so essential now for Church Unlimited moving forward to fulfill, Lord, our calling and our destiny. So Father, I just pray that you would give us ears to hear, Lord, minds to concentrate. Lord, would you help everyone to lean in Lord, to intensely focus, Lord, upon what is being said, not by a man, but by your spirit today. Father, we come against every distraction. Father, we come against everything that would stop us hearing even one word, Father, of what you want to say to us this morning. Father, we pray that from right from Kaitaia through to Rotorua, Father, and every campus, Father, let us receive from you your word. And the spirit behind your word, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, tell the person as you before you said, I'm ready for this. All right, grab a seat. Here we go. Chuck Swindle, in his book, Growing Deep in the Christian Life, tells about a man getting ready to make a round-the-world voyage in a homemade boat. And uh, as he's about to launch off, Everyone around him is speaking words of discouragement, saying, uh, you'll never make it. That boat will never handle the storms. You're going to run out of food. What on earth are you doing? Without exception, except there was one man who heard all these words of discouragement. He thought, I think I'm going to encourage this guy. So as the boat's taken off, this little boat from the pier, he runs to the end of the pier, waves his hands wildly, and begins to say, Good on you. You know, we're with you. You're going you're gonna to do well. We're so proud of you. Bon voyage. You know, all of us are kind of like in a little boat. 
and on a long journey, not really knowing how it's all going to work out. We're going to face challenges, we're going to face disappointments, we're going to face hardships, and we're going to sometimes wonder, are we going to actually make it to the destination, and sometimes we're not even sure what that destination is. And as we cross the ocean of life, what all of us need is words of encouragement from others to push through, to keep going, to be told we're on track, we're going to make it. We're going to get there. We're not going to run out of food. That research tells us that one of the greatest needs of the human heart is encouragement. It's been called the vitamins of the human spirit. It's been called the oxygen of the soul. Imagine that. Essential vitamins, essential oxygen that every person in this room, without exception, needs to get through the journey of life. Because I don't need you to tell me, you don't need me to tell you that it is a pretty tough journey that we're on. With plenty of encouragement, we're going to do so much better in life. The fact is, you will achieve more with encouragement. Without it, it's going to be a battle, it's going to be a struggle. And you may not even get there because the oxygen, how many of you know if you don't have enough oxygen, you're actually going to die? You can die on the journey of life if that oxygen of encouragement, those vitamins of encouragement are not coming in your direction. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another, I think it's the NIV, and build each other up. If you become an encourager, People will flock to you like a magnet. If you ever find yourself, I'm a lonely, lonely person, try this formula. Just start encouraging everybody you come across. And you watch, I guarantee your loneliness will soon disappear. Because people are so desperate for encouragement, they will be drawn to you like a magnet. So let's encourage one another with these things. Now, the Roman army was one of the most powerful mummies that ever marched. It just conquered everything in its path. They researched it and found the reason that this army was so powerful was because of the Paracletos. And the Paracletos were a group of men or women, I don't know, probably mostly men. And as the Roman army marched, they would march alongside that army. Watch this. And as that army marched, they would speak words of encouragement, They'll sing songs of victory. They'll remind them of past victories that they had already won. And they just speak, speak, kept speaking words of victory and overcoming. And because of that, because of the Paracletos, which also is known as the Holy Spirit, by the way, but that's another message. Because of this, this army became one of the most powerful on the entire globe at that time. Because of the Paracletos, this army had encouragers all around them. I have a prophetic word for Church Unlimited across all our campuses. Please listen carefully. So I believe that now we need to very intentionally develop a strong culture of encouragement across all our campuses. And I'll tell you why. Because we have much territory to take. 
We have many battles that we're going to have to face, and even came prophetically when we were in, uh, in the UK. There are many challenges ahead of us because of what God has called us to do. In order for us to accomplish and fulfill our destiny and all that God has for us across our campuses, we need an extraordinary culture of encouragement in Church Unlimited. To the extent, I believe, that when people walk in these doors, they're going to say, what, what is it in this place? What, what's this atmosphere? I love it. Do you know what it's going to be? It's going to be an extreme culture of encouragement. And people are going to love it. And people are going to want it. And they're going to enjoy it. You see, friends, Church Unlimited has now started walking into a, a season of tremendous impact. And you're seeing it, aren't you? In our community, in our nation, in the nations of the world. Uh, we're seeing it uh, in our campuses, seven campuses now. New Zealand Beyond now in the Trust Arena, UK and beyond. You know, 10 times growth in 10 years. These combined churches, prayer meeting, add the youth revival movement. I mean, just so many different things that we are now doing. And God just keeps pushing it out. And so we need, in order to fulfill what God has got for us, you know, in this season of huge impact, we need that culture of encouragement. We need the parakletos, you know, marching alongside each one of us so that we'd push through all the barriers, push through all the resistance, push through all the challenges and make our journey to the end. So across our campuses, I'm calling on Rotorua and City and Whangarei and uh, Kaitaia and also West uh, that we develop this culture, each and every one of us, because we're in this battle together. But with God on our side, we will win. We will conquer and we will overcome. Because this is our time. This is your time. Now, if you're not naturally an encourager, as I am speaking, cry out to God. Just say, oh, God, please make me one of those encouragers. Because it will change your life. And it will bring you into amazing and blessing. Because you know why? As you become an encourager, guess what's going to happen? People are going to encourage you. You'll reap what you sow. And the more you're encouraged, the more you're going to achieve. So partly your success is locked up to the level in which you can be an encourager. Because you will reap what you sow. And as you reap encouragement, you're going to rise to levels you thought, gosh, I didn't know I had that in me. There's an uh, allegory of how one day Satan decided he would sell all his weapons. There were many wedged instruments for sale, and each one had its price. Some of his powerful weapons, of course, are inferiority, pride, jealousy, fear, all of them. He had the whole lot of them. They're all for sale. But one of them had an extraordinarily high sale price. And that weapon was discouragement. And the question was asked, why is this Weapons so expensive. And the response was, when all my other weapons have failed, I bring out my big gun. My most effective weapon against God's people is discouragement. Isn't that amazing? Friends, if that is true, the only counter to Satan's most powerful weapon is we got to do the opposite and become the greatest encouragers on the planet. 
Why not Church Unlimited across the nation and the nations become known as a church of greatest encouragement? I tell you, this place would fill up like that because people are so desperate to be encouraged in the challenging journeys of life. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily. Daily, everyone say daily. Come on, you need encouragement every day. Not once a week, not once a month. As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So that would say to me that husbands and wives <laughs> encourage one another daily. daily. Yep. Have you done it today yet? You've got till the end of the day, all right? Make sure you do it. Otherwise, your marriage is going to struggle. It's going to be hardened by sin's deceit. But here's the dangers. If you're not encouraged, your heart can get hardened. And you can be prone to sin and its temptations. And all because some people around you refuse to encourage you. So then who takes the responsibility for that? See, we've got to own this, friends, ourselves and become. And I'm preaching to myself, of course, as well. So who faces discouragement? Well, everyone gets discouraged at times. In church and out of church. By the way, I should mention uh, Angie ran that the Youth Revival Movement. She was so good, I tell you. She's an awesome girl. Because she mentioned that depression happens inside the church and outside the church, so it can happen in both places. So, but we can think, if we're spiritual enough, you know, if we're close enough to God, you know, we, we, we know how to bring heaven to earth and we can cast out demons and all the rest of it, that, hey, we should uh, be free of discouragement. Well, that's just simply not true, because many of the Bible greats got discouraged. Elijah, he wanted to end his life. <laughs> he got so discouraged, as did Jonah. And David was deeply discouraged. Jeremiah, Paul, the list goes on. Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, struggled, I think, most of his life with depression. So we need to be honest. Don't ever be afraid to admit you're discouraged or you're depressed. And get some help. Get some help. Because you need it. We need it. Honesty is the beginning of, of deliverance and freedom, I believe, in our lives. But also keep this in mind. The more you're sold out to God and used by Him, the greater threat you are to the enemy, and the more He's likely to attack you and try and discourage you and derail you. He targets the greatest threats. And you may just be one of those targets. Now listen carefully, really important. Encouragement must be spoken. It doesn't do any good to think great thoughts about a person. Pointless. You have to learn to speak words that encourage others. Everyone say out loud, encouragement must be spoken. Come on, let's go. Encouragement must be spoken. Tell the person next to you, encouragement must be spoken. Yeah. Have you got that? <laughs> Are you with me? It's got to be spoken. You can think it and think it and think it. It's useless. It's like buying a present for you, someone, expensive present, but you never give it to them. It's the same thing. Who would ever do that? It's insane. It's got to be spoken. Yeah. Open your mouth. <laughs> Get the words out and be an encourager. Yeah. 
Because your own future depends on it. Because you'll only reap what you sow. Watch this, Acts 13, 15. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So Paul and Barnabas had gone to the synagogue on the Sabbath. This is what happened. After reading a part of the Old Testament, they would stand and speak. And so these people asked Barnabas and Paul, if you have any word of encouragement, come and give it. They were looking for encouragement. They were asking for encouragement. These are the apostles. These are you know, the early church, which is in the midst of the revival. They're saying, hey, look, if you've got any word of encouragement, please come and tell me. Isn't that amazing? When I found that passage of Scripture, I thought, that is so powerful. Don't ever be afraid to ask for encouragement. It's Bible. In fact, I say, you better ask for it. You better ask for it because you need it more than you realize. Otherwise, you could just get hardened as that other scripture said. These were so important. See, we all look for words of encouragement, words that build us up, help us in times of struggle, help us stay on course. And we need words that affirm what we are doing is the right thing. Not the negative voices. Now watch this quote. It's coming. Don't let your heart be influenced by one dissenting voice or let it stop you. Human nature focuses on the one loud negative voice, isn't this true? More than the many encouraging voices. Ten people can tell you how well you did, and one person tells you you were a disaster, and all you'll sleep on that night is that one person. Because their negative voices are so loud. So if that is true, friends, how strong do we need to be an encouragement? You know, if, if one negative voice is 10 times stronger than a positive voice, how much more do we need to multiply our encouragement times 10? When I do part two of the series, they've done some research on teachers. <laughs> it's going to shock you, but that's for another time. All right, on how, how it all works there as well and uh, the words that are, that are spoken. Now, tell the person next to you, listen to the next bit. You ready? Because we have something in our day that didn't happen exist in Jesus' day. And that is social media. Uh-huh. We speak through social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We communicate, many of us, not all of us, those of us under 40, we communicate <laughs> through social media. So here's the point. You be extremely careful. You be extremely careful what you write on social media. If you've got nothing good to say, close it down. Don't say anything. Because of destruction. This is destroying society, friends. You know, our suicide rates are extraordinarily high. And I, I'm not saying that I'm connecting social media with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if social media doesn't have a part to play. And the problem with social media is you put it out in, into, the, into the realm of the, what would you call it, you know, the world of computers and all that sort of stuff, and, so, see, and it's forever in that realm, in the realm of technology. You see, the words that you speak one-on-one, -on -one, it's not so bad. Mainly the people around you hear it, and then a few of those who might be gossipers might pass it on, <laughs> all right? But when you put it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, 
Hey, it can go around the world and very hard to withdraw. And thousands or hundreds of people get to see it. So come on, folks. You know, let's be, encouragement must be spoken. Fill our mouths and our technology pages with words that comfort, uplift, inspire, and encourage. That applies to Rotorua and City and Whangarei and Kaitaia. All right, got them all there. Okay. So what we're going to do right now, cross campuses, let's all stand. I'll wait till everyone's standing. Don, can you make sure everyone's standing? Paul, Matt, Julian, if, if you have to yell at them to stand, do it right now. You have my permission. Not that you've ever waited for my permission in the past, but anyway, <laughs> do it. All right, what I'm going to give you in a moment, don't, write, don't rush yet, 30 seconds to find someone and speak words of encouragement. Now, some of you don't know what to say, all right? So I'm giving you a slide. <laughs> you look great. Your singing inspired me. Well done for getting to church. I think you're awesome. You have amazing gifts in you. You're a blessing to church unlimited. Okay, 30 seconds away you go. Come on, encourage, encourage. Come on, let's get this happening. How you doing, Rotorua? Kaitaia? Man, and West, there is an absolute buzz. <laughs> They're still going down to the West here. All right, I can see you're running out of steam now. Grab a seat. How good was that? Wow, what a wonderful response to that. <laughs> and just for the records, cross campuses, I think you're all awesome. And I know you're looking fantastic today, especially those of you who changed the outfit three times before you got to church. So... All right, so when are you likely to get discouraged? This is going to give you some warnings, all right? Firstly, is after a great victory. See, Elijah got discouraged after calling down fire on Mount Carmel, slaying, was it 400 prophets of Baal, and challenging the nation to serve God, and they got on their knees and said, you know, the Lord, he is God. I mean, this was the high point of Elijah's career. It was like the moment of ecstasy. It was a moment of massive impact. But it's not long after that, that he runs from Jezebel. So he could handle 400 prophets, but he couldn't handle this woman. I'm not laughing. You're all laughing, all right? I didn't say anything. 1 Kings 19 verse 4. He prayed that he might die. This is serious, isn't it? He said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life from no better than my father's. See, lows often follow highs. When you've achieved a major goal, project, study, had a great blessing, God's used you, be careful. I'm learning. I'm a slow learner. To be on guard after great victories. 
like United Kingdom and beyond, New Zealand and beyond, our campuses, because that's when the enemy will flood in afterwards and try and discourage you and minimize what you've done. Of course, after a great victory, you want to sit back. You want to relax. You want to enjoy the, 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 the triumph. But you've got to be, you can do that, but you've got to be vigilant as well, and you've got to be very prayerful. You almost have to pray more after the victory than before the victory. Just keep that in mind, eh? It's, uh, it's so important that uh, these things are... Uh, some of you may be... I don't know, I followed a little bit of tennis, not a lot of tennis, but there was one girl that won a major, I think a couple of majors, just not long last year or so. I just read a short article. I, sometimes I catch the heading, and this, this girl, after these victories, she just went into absolute depression, just so down and so discouraged. And, you know, and it's still, I think it continued, you know, not just for a few days, I mean, for months. And uh, I thought, wow. You know, this is the high point of her career, and it, all it does is take her down, not up. So after a great victory, be careful. But also, secondly, before a great victory. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, the darkest hour can just be before the dawning of a new day. We take this from David. David's darkest hour was Ziglag. You've heard me preach on this, but you know, his wives are taken, kids are taken, you know, all his lots of goods. You know, he just, they've been just plundered. He just, just about lost everything. And his own men are ready to stone him. And uh, so that was his darkest hour. But what David didn't know was that within a few days, he would recover everything, the kids, the plunder, the, 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 the wives. He would get it all back. And also after over a decade of running from King Saul, Saul would be killed on the mountains of Gilboa with his son Jonathan, and David would finally be crowned king. Now this was, but, but just days before, his greatest triumph was his greatest discouragement and his greatest depression, if you like. But in the end, the God of David <laughs> was greater than the devil that tried to discourage him. And David won through the day and got through the discouragement and was crowned king over Israel. And you know, the greatest discouragement often comes before our greatest blessing. Because I guess with David, and I guess with some of us and some of you, the, the enemy knows that, you know, you're on, this is your time. Yeah. This is your day. So, you know, with David, I reckon the enemy released the full fury of his forces yeah. to try and stop David from rising to his kingship in the nation and what God had planned and purposed for his life. So if you've been through a tough time, of late, expect that there's probably some great blessing not far away around the corner. And we get our soul food. This is a different translation. I think Jeremiah 29, 11, his plans for you are for good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. How good is our God? How awesome is our God? He is amazing. So before a great victory, after a great victory. Acts 4, 36. Jose who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levi of the country of Cyprus. His name was Joseph. His nickname was Barnabas. How many of you have had a nickname or do have a nickname? Yeah, okay. Well, this guy was given a nickname. See, Barnabas was so well known as an encourager that they changed his name. Wow, isn't that cool? Changed his name. And um, his nickname became who he was. So everywhere Barnabas, Barnabas went, wherever he was, you always find him encouraging someone. 
Even when the great apostle Paul had enough of John Mark, <laughs> see, this guy's a quitter. I don't want anything to do with him. Barnabas stood by John Mark. And John Mark, this is incredible. John Mark, the failed missionary, the reject of the greatest apostle probably of all time, apart from Jesus, writes the gospel of Mark. Wow. From utter failure to one of the gospel writers, that's the power of encouragement. That's the power of encouragement. And friend, you can do that. You don't know who's sitting next to you. You don't know the people that you are going to come across in your lifetime that God wants you to encourage moving forward. We can all do that for others. Watch them rise to their potential, be the amazing person that God has created them to be. See, there's a greatness that's in all of us. And that, that greatness has been smothered so often by challenges and hurts and struggles and, and shame and pain and, um, you know, the things that have gone wrong in our life, rejection. That, that greatness has often been smothered. Now listen, I believe that encouragement calls forth the greatness. Encouragement calls forth the gifts, the abilities, the treasures locked inside every human being without exception. Without exception. It's time to call forth the greatness. It's time to call forth the gifts and the callings of God in each individual that comes across our path. And we are all capable of doing that for others. With life challenges, we all need someone to lift us up. In June 1956, there was a freak accident happened. On the lake in New York, a speeding motorboat hit a, bounced on a wave, threw two passengers off. One was a 50-year-old man and one was a young girl. She was aged, I'm not sure how old it was, just a little girl. So to keep her from drowning, the man just held her head above the water. They rescued the girl, but the man drowned. That man, I didn't know this, that's our Dawson Trotman, the founder of the Navigator's amazing international worldwide discipleship ministry, died. He was so well known, so famous. He was, it was, there was a quote about him in Time magazine after this event. And this is what it said. He lived to save others. In his obituary, someone wrote, he died just the way he lived, Always lifting someone up. Wow. What a legacy. What a legacy. Always lifting someone up. Always, always lifting someone up. You can do that. I can do that. It's not that hard. It's not complicated. You don't have to have a dissertation to encourage someone. <laughs> you just need one or two words. You know, you're awesome. You know, I believe in you. That was great. You're going to do well. You'll make it. I don't know, whatever. It's just all, it all needs to be a couple of words, three or four words. That's all. Take, what, 10 seconds? Who can't do that? Always lifting someone Today, across our campuses, please, would you make a decision that you will develop 
the ministry of encouragement and be a person who inspires many others to be the champions God has called them to be. Together, let's develop an extraordinary culture of encouragement all across Church Unlimited. I believe this is a prophetic word. I believe we're going to need it with the challenges, the battles, the territory we've got to take, the impact we're to have in this nation and the nations of this world. We're going to need it across all our campuses. Let's develop that culture and watch our impact for God go to new heights. Before you leave today, please encourage two people, or before the end of today, encourage two people. Thank you, campuses, for joining with us. I want to hand back to the campus pastors. Love you all. God bless you. We think you are awesome. <laughs>